Support for this podcast comes from CLR Clear. Fight back against annoying household messes with CLR Clear. CLR Clear is tough on dirt and grime all around your home, and we're not just talking about calcium, lime, and rust. They have an entire lineup of cleaning products for your kitchen, bathroom, garage, and more. Visit clrbrands.com to learn more. CLR Clear, fight the clean fight. Eileen Fisher designs simple clothes to make your life easier. Timeless pieces in high-quality materials that are responsibly sourced for less impact on the environment and more positive impact in the world. Visit EileenFisher.com and use offer code GIRLFRIEND to receive $25 off your $100 purchase. That's EileenFisher.com, offer code GIRLFRIEND for $25 off. Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend, a podcast for long-distance besties everywhere. I'm Amina Tussauds. And I'm Ann Friedman. On today's agenda, a taxonomy of scammers. Fake royals, political grifters, messy bitches who live for drama, self-declared saints, wellness icons, pyramid schemers, and Silicon Valley tech scammers. Hi, Anne Friedman. How's it going? Um, so good. I'm so excited about today's episode. <laughs> I am super excited about today's episode also. So let's get to it. I have to tell you that um, I want to take a little bit uh, like a pause to just acknowledge the like zeitgeist predating work that we have done on this podcast because this week the New York Times has an editorial about grift in the Trump administration. <laughs> the like New York Times editorial board has a, an op-ed up this week. The headline is Grifter's Gonna Grift. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, you remember like in like 2015 during the election and in like 2016 when we even had an episode called American Grifters? I'm like, welcome. <laughs> welcome, New York Times. You know, <laughs> it's nuts. There was that, like, great New York Times Magazine story earlier. I think it was, like, last year around the fire Fest. <laughs> the line that I will never forget, it was, like, scamming has entered its Baroque phase. <laughs> and there's some beautiful shit going on here. Like, it is artistically, like, beautiful what is happening. Right. Very artful, like, height of grift. Right. Like, that piece was by Karina Chocano, who is great. And then we've also had Maria Konnikova on the podcast, who wrote this whole book called The Confidence Game, where she basically points out that, like, in her book, that scam and grift are, like, tend to rise at moments of, like, great, like, social change and upheaval, which, like, part of me is, like, isn't that every moment in time? But also, <laughs> also, it does seem like there is a preponderance of scamming happening right now. So we're going to endeavor to categorize many of the, like, recent scams slash ongoing scams. Um... And like dissect the different the different types of grift. <laughs> oh my god. We've done like a version of this on our live shows. And so to like bring it out uh today would be great. It is true. We've been doing like the scam work in a recurring way, and this is like we're gonna we're gonna like pull it all into one episode, one extra yeah. one scam stravaganza. <laughs> okay, category is what's the first one? <laughs> <laughs> what is fake royals <laughs> oh my god quote lord we'll never be royals for sure um <laughs> oh my god we'll never be royals <laughs> oh my god <laughs> the karaoke version i am not allowed podcast. to i am not allowed to sing on this podcast ever again okay so we have to start with this one because most recent scam-related article to go viral is the New York Magazine breakdown of Anna, how do you say her last name? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's there's been talk that it is Delvey or Delvey, but I'm sure that if she is, uh, she's as she claims, you know, like uh, a German heiress, uh, I would go the French route. Except that what the fuck kind of fake German name is Delvey or Delvey? Like, what is wrong with people? Okay, wait, do you want a headline? Would you want a headline what Anna Delvey uh, got up to? <laughs> 
Oh my god, Annabelle Scam, Lana Delvey, Annabelle Scam, Annabelle Scamberg, um, <laughs> the Baroness von Scamberg. <laughs> yeah, the Baroness von Scamberg. She is kind of iconic in the like New York grift scene, in the sense that like you know it was almost a victimless crime. So she like paraded around town as like an ultra rich person. And hung around, like, ultra-rich people and did ultra-rich shit. So that, like, included, like, living, like, at fancy hotels, claiming that she was opening some sort of, like, fondazione <laughs> and was, like, you know, like, like an arts patron or whatever. And, but, like, in doing so, like, did some, like, serious financial crime. The thing that I, like, love about her story, truly is that, like, she just did shit that I didn't know you could do. Like, I did not know, for example, that you could stay at a hotel and not put your credit card down. Like, I didn't know that there was a world in which you could convince, uh, like, <laughs> the hotel concierge or whatever. Like, hey, man, I'm so rich. Like, I don't need to give you money. Like, I thought that was a rule that even, like, when George Clooney goes to a hotel, he has to give his credit card. Yeah, he can't promise to wire the money in three weeks after he's run up, like, a bottle service and room service tab for, like, for every single day. Yeah, like, I just didn't know that was an option. And I think that that's, like, the beauty of the Baroness Von Scamberg's, like, scam, (laughs) is that she just, like, exposes, like, the things that rich people can get away with. Another thing that she did was, like, borrow money from people and not pay them back, right? If she had borrowed money from me, I would be acutely aware of it because, like, I have finite supplies of money. In the New York Magazine story, Wait, you, you've missed borrowed- all those Venmo requests that I've been sending you for like oh my six God, figures. And, <laughs> and stop it, you know. But like with her, there was like this one story about how she like went with like some like art scene kid to some like Biennale somewhere. And he literally says, like, she borrowed two or three thousand dollars. And I'm like, first of all, the difference between two and three thousand dollars, like, in my life is highly palpable. Like, I know the difference. But also, like, the fact that he just, like, claimed that he forgot, you know, because it was such a, like, small amount of money. I was like, wow, like, rich people shit. Like, this, you know, like, for me, that's the equivalent of, like, if somebody borrowed, like, 10 or 20 dollars you know <laughs> like it wouldn't ring any alarm bells for me that they were a scammer but if you owed me like first of all like the scenario in which you owe me two or three thousand dollars and we're not like tethered to each other is like I, you know like I, I i don't know that life i think that that's the beauty of like this woman's grift is that you're just like oh like rich people like i suspect that this is how they live but I like you didn't know, and now you were exposed to it. And then the other thing is that she also just like scammed banks. Like I didn't <laughs> even know that you could like get a loan if th- they didn't take like a blood sample from you, and they like didn't know what your family was. You know what I mean? Like, and then she like wrote all these bad checks. I didn't know that you could write a bad check to the like the tunes of tens of thousands of dollars, and like be able to withdraw those from an ATM before the check clears. I'm like, Chase, like, doesn't even give me my own money for, like, a week when I drop a check. So, like, what's the deal here? It's true. She's making, like, all the things that are arcane and annoying about the banking system work to her advantage. Like, that's one reason why this article was so, like, I'm like, is there a blueprint in here for how to to live? (laughs) Part of the reason that, like, we are all so impressed with, like, grifting in general, or at least, like, grifts of the ultra-rich, the reason that we love it is that, like... It is some, like, lifestyles of the rich and famous bullshit where you're just like, oh, like, you know, like, you just didn't know and you didn't have a way of knowing. You're like, oh, scammers, they're just like us. (laughs) Oh, my God. So the related story last week, which was about this guy from Colombia who convinced a bunch of rich people in Miami he was a Saudi royal. (laughs) Um, The details in in that article, which is in the Washington Post, were also incredible. It includes the fact that the door buzzer on his apartment unit said Sultan. (laughs) And the fact that he had purchased diplomatic plates for his Ferrari from eBay. (laughs) And it's just right. Like another thing I didn't even know that you could do, right? Like it has never occurred to me to go to eBay and go like (laughs) diplomatic plates. Totally. So, so yeah, I mean like blah, 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 defrauding investors. It's fine. 
But also, like, some of his lies that, like, are leading up to the lie that he was a Saudi royal are pretty amazing, including him telling his classmates that his family owned a local resort or that he was, quote, the son of actor Dom DeLuise. (laughs) (laughs) In this specific category, at least, do you think that, like, a lot of these people, like, this is a category that a lot of us could fall into in the sense that, like, we've all had, like, a fantasy life, you know? Yes. And some of these people just, like, take it too far. It's like, I'm, like, happy to just fantasize. I'm not actually willing to do the work. Okay. Like, it just seems like a lot of work. But if you were going to create, like, a fake royal scam persona, where would you be from? What would your story be? <laughs> you gotta go somewhere, like, very small. Andorra or, like... You know, well, the thing is that, like, I'm blessed. I'm from West Africa, and most West Africans just, like, all lie about being some sort of West African royalty anyway. (laughs) So, you know, like, and I'm not going to lie, my great-grandma was a princess. So, you know, before colonialism, so I am also royalty. You know, like, West Africans are notorious for this. They're always like, I'm royalty, I'm whatever. And I'm like, well, one, colonialism makes that mood, but also, like, what the fuck is your kingdom? I don't know. I think that in order for this to be successful... You need to, like, look the part. Like, this, the Saudi guy, I, like, kind of commend him because I was like, you're, like, you're doing good. But I'm also, like, I would be afraid to, like, lie about being Saudi royalty. Like, that's too, I feel like it's too fraught. I would go some, like, very tiny, obscure country. Or I, like, I don't know. But also, like, my fantasy is not to be a, like, princess. So this is not what it would, this would not work for me. Okay, but this this fake Saudi prince, quote, purchased the entire first-class cabin so he could be alone on a flight. Like, that is, <laughs> like, I am sorry, but, like, if you if you had scam kind of money, that is, like, 100% something you would do with your no, money. No, <laughs> and if I had scam money, I would have a private plane. <laughs> if somebody has, like, all of the money to purchase the first-class, in an airplane it's like why don't they have access to their own plane those are the alarm bells that should be going off for you in summary fake royals category tagline quote my money is all tied up in investments right now (laughs) (laughs) hallmarks of a fake royal include confusing backstory several aliases cash payments all the best parties and I would add like maybe some eBay license plates <laughs> oh my god and the natural habitat is the lobby of a five star hotel <laughs> okay our next category <laughs> is the political grifters which now that we have like full on fraud going on in our government, name a cabinet secretary and we'll tell you their grifts. Yeah, we'll name a cabinet secretary and we'll tell you that they spent five figures on a common household item. <laughs> yeah, it's the thing here, like with these people, is that the only thing that like gives me a little bit of solace because like I said, I'm like the problem when these people steal is that like we're paying for it. Yes. So there's nothing funny about it. You know what I mean? I'm just like that's my money, Scott Pruitt. Like, stop it. You, like, play to yourself. Who the fuck goes into government to, like, make money? Like, no. This is, like, a terrible idea. I mean... This is a terrible, terrible idea. Yeah, it's a terrible idea until you get away with it. You basically just describe the beginning of any heist movie where someone is like, this is a terrible <laughs> idea. How will we pull this off? No one has ever succeeded in doing whatever. And then- I know, but in heist, in heist, at least you're doing sexy things. In this heist, you have to be, like, cabinet secretary of bullshit. You but know? you don't think it's sexy to this people to boost cash from the American people like it is very sexy no, to them I think that like Scott Pruitt like hates his job I think Steve Mnookin hates his job Ben Carson like wants to go back to being asleep they cannot believe how much work they have to do oh my god I could not disagree more Steve Mnookin is like still like chilling and producing bad movies and doing whatever he did before he was appointed he's not even doing the job that he like yeah well I guess the, okay I guess here's what they hate about it is that they're like for for whether they are useless or not <laughs> They're just, like, sweating right now. There's no, you know, like, I feel like in the heist movie, the tension is, like, very sexy and cool and on the edge. And these people are, like, not used to sweating. It's not cool. So let's go through them. Let's start with, like, Scott Pruitt, Mr. EPA. I did not have it in my bingo card that, like, Scott Pruitt would be, like, the scammer of the, like, you know. I mean, they're all grifters in their own way, but, like, some of his shit has been, like, flagrant. Yeah, I mean, I I think a lot of this is flagrant, but I hear you. So, yeah, Scott Pruitt spending 
Uh, how much on pens? $5,000 on pens? Oh, sorry. No, it was Spending like- $1,500 on pens. <laughs> $1,500 on pens at, like, a store called, like, Fancy Pens. Like, <laughs> the equivalent of it. But also, some of the stories are, like, very bizarre. Like, the one where he's making all of his, like, everybody who works for him, like, run errands. And one errand was definitely to go get, like, it said, a used mattress from a Trump hotel. Yes. Like, I'm just like, that can't be real. I was like, the ma- like that's code for something, right? Is Mueller listening to this? This is code. Like, there is. Oh, completely. I was like, there is money in. I'm like, there is money in that mattress. There is drugs in that mat. Like, this is not real. It's like, move the mattress. Move the mattress. So he's like doing that. He had that like weirdo story where he's like basically bunking up at a lobbyist house and was paying the lobbyist $50 a night. He, like, tried to muscle his wife into, like, being a Chick-fil-A franchise owner. <laughs> and he, he uses, like, office to do that. Side note, this article contains the phrase, on his wife's behalf, which is, like, I'm like, that is a tell. Like, when someone is doing something untoward in government, like, on his wife's behalf, I'm like, run, run, lady. Like, you're, you're being conscripted. <laughs> I know. Well, she is being conscripted because here's what's going on. So in the Pruitt household, the reason that they're doing all this shady shit is because, like, they are not as wealthy as the other cabinet members. So first of all, my man is carrying, like, an $850,000 mortgage on his house in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which I'm like, do you live in a mansion? Like, what is going on? So he's doing that. The wife does not work. And then now that he can't shack up with the lobbyists for $50 a night, because we've called him out on it, they had to rent an apartment near work, which like you've lived in D.C. Those rents are like also scam outrageous. This is what's going on with the Pruitts. They need the money. So that's why he's trying to get his wife a job. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, my God. Like there are so many like more artful ways to do this. Like he makes like I think $189,000 a year. So, of course, he has to scam. Like, he has a mortgage. He has rent. He, he has, you know, like, he's got to keep up with the Trumps. It's just like a recipe for disaster. And that's what, like, a lot of political grift is, truly, is that people that are put in this pressure cooker where they have to, like, pretend like they have a lot of power and the only lever that they have is, like, stealing from us. Wow. That is actually, I feel, a surprisingly compassionate take on political grift. I am way less, I am, I am more just, like... Yeah. No, I mean, I think that it's bad. I'm not saying, like, I'm not compassionate about it. I'm just saying that, like, it doesn't surprise me that a lot of these people have to steal. Like, if your goal in life is to be rich, like, do not go into government work. Even stealing from the government is, like, a lot of work. Like, don't do it, and you will get caught. So it's, like, that kind of shit. But also, like, you know, it's also the, pro- the thing that happens when, like, all of these people, like, Ben Carson is another one, Ryan Zinke, like, all these people, like, their defense is always like, oh, like, we're new to this stuff or whatever. And I'm like, what? You're new to ethics? <laughs> I mean, fair no. enough. Fair enough. <laughs> and interestingly enough, in the Trump administration, you know, like, the very few women that there are, like, Betsy DeVos, like, they're not caught in the, like, trying to fly first class and, like, all of this stuff. Like, Betsy DeVos, for as evil as she is, she, like, flies her own plane. Like, that's how evil she is. She has her own plane. She doesn't take a salary, like, nothing. So she's just, like, that's how evil she is. And then Elaine Chow, like, also, like, evil, but, like, surprisingly, like, nothing untoward because, like, she has also worked in government before. I mean, I'm going to cite an exception, which is Ivanka. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, no. I mean, Ivanka is, like, please. Playing the longest game, flying to China to get trademarks, and then, like, also being, like, I'm here on official business. No big deal. Like, a visual, like, U.S. government business, not, like, you know, Ivanka, like, working women scam business. I just can't even handle it. Yeah, I know. But like the Trump thing, right, that is like very deeply ironic is that we like kind of don't know how much money he has. You know, it is under disputes like anywhere from like a couple hundred million dollars, which like to be clear is a lot of money. I don't have that kind of money to like billions of dollars. But I'm like, that spread is like fairly wide, you know, and he lives like somebody who has billions. But the truth is that like, I would say that he probably does not have billions, but now that he's in government, he's like actually getting rich because people have to use fraud to like do him favors. All of these like scummy government people from like other places when they come to DC, like they all stay at the Trump Tower, like that benefits him. Like, you know, like it's just like one big advertisement. So like, 
of all of these people, he is the only one who I feel can get away with it because the scam is like active. It is active and it's like about advertising. Like Scott Pruitt probably will go down. Ben Carson, like, my God, I hope he goes down. Yeah, what did Ben Carson do? He like bought a dining table for $30,000 and then blamed his wife for it. He bought a (laughs) $31,000 dining room set for his office. Just absorbed that one. And then was basically like, my wife doesn't know how much things should cost. Okay, also, Anne, can we discuss like all these dudes like bringing their wives to the office? Like, is this a thing? I mean, it's... I'm just like, these wives, I'm like, if they're taking you to the office, are they paying you? Like, you're doing work, ma'am. I mean, look, this is the trickle-down effect of not pay- not having the first lady being a paid position. They're expected to support the grift without compensation. <laughs> <laughs> what a double grift. Marriage is a real Marriage grift. Marriage is Ooh, the truest grift. Um, and what? I've got one more political... I mean, we, we have talked at length about Ivanka and Ivanka's dad's grifting, but... There's also a like a more recent political grift um, of a different political bent, which is about Jill Stein's recount millions. <laughs> oh my God. Listen, the minute she tweeted she needed that money, like in the aftermath of the election, we all knew this was a scam. Yeah. So basically the summary of this is that Jill Stein was like, send me your dollars for a recount. The money has been going out, but the recount has not happened. So, I don't know. We'll link to an article about it. I'm just saying. Oh, my God. Is she just using the money to, like, travel and live large? To buy chunky jewelry? I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That was borderline sexist, but I'm going to stand by it. (laughs) Whatever. I just, I cannot. These people. These people. Okay. The tagline for the political grifters is make my bank account great again. (laughs) LOL. Their hallmarks are uh, charging fake news when confronted, Macy's taste with a Bergdorf budget. <laughs> that is killing me. Lofty language with basic motivations. <laughs> so real. Their natural habitat, shitting on a gold taxpayer funded toilet. I'm dying, <laughs> and I'm dying. I'm dying. Um, what a terrible grift. Like, I would, I would not want to do this grift. Uh, no, I mean, I, I I, do feel like we have some slight disagreements on the feasibility of this grift, but like we both agree it is work. I mean, all grifts are work. Like, that's the thing. I guess this is just not work that I would want to do. Like, I bet you the fake royal was having a blast. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's just like, this is what I've always wanted to do. I just have a hard time believing Ben Carson is like, uh, being secretary of HUD is what I've always wanted to totally. do. Totally. <laughs> Okay, next category is a quickie. We Speaking of, like, fun low-lift grifts, um, yeah, queens of the low-lift grift, right? Messy bitches who live for drama include <laughs> Joanne the Scammer, who we have talked about on this podcast before. We can link to her account. Basically, like, someone who has comedically monetized the grift to great rewards for everyone on the internet following her. But in more recent news, did you see the news about this ex-Vogue staffer who, like, stole Grace Coddington's credit card and charged 50K in, like, unauthorized purchases? And I have so many feelings about the ex-Vogue staffer. So here's the problem. Is that, like, this story was funny to me, but also it was not funny because I was like, Condé Nast, if you're going to pay people zero dollars, like, of course they're going to steal from you. I don't know why this one was, like, a little tender for me. But the thing with this Vogue lady is that, like, She is beautiful in the way that I wish the, like, Baroness von Skamberg had been, you know, where I was like, oh, if the, like, looks of this woman had matched up with her ambition, she probably would not have got caught. But also, like, don't steal from, like, your job credit card. Of course, they're going to catch you. Like, that's terrible. Also, I have to say a couple of details from the story. In it, Grace Coddington was identified in court papers as, quote, informant one. (laughs) I know. When I saw that, I died. Um, I was like, this is so And second part of the grift was this woman, this former assistant, selling Grace Coddington's, like, unused luxury goods on the real real, the consignment website. Allegedly, Anne. Allegedly, Anne. She is accused of. Sorry. (laughs) Accused of. Um, And I'm like, wow, what happens when you have, like, so many designer clothing items sitting around that, like, you don't miss them for quite a while? (laughs) I know. I'm just like, how did she get caught? God bless Joanne the Scammer. She's the, she is the only real entrepreneur on this list. It's true. Okay, so quickly, so we can move on to a new category. The tagline for messy bitches who live for drama slash what did we call them before? We had some other name for this category that I now forget. Their tagline is iconic, 
Hallmarks include expensive taste and proximity to fashionable Caucasian people with lots of money and like designer stuff <laughs> lying around. <laughs> uh, the natural habitat is Twitter for both media people and Joanne the Scammer. True, 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 true. true. I can't wait for like the rise of the Instagram scammer. Oh my God, it's already a thing. <laughs> I mean, it's already a thing. All these people selling like weight loss teas, but like there's going to be like an incredible Instagram scam. It's soon. true. Like can't wait. It's true. Can't wait. Every generation has its challenges. Some would say that's the reason for its progress. It might start with a small act of kindness or a big idea that changes everything. It can come from the tiniest voice or the voice of a generation. Or it could come from me. I mean, not to. I am one of six change-making women featured in Eileen Fisher's Good Goes On campaign this spring. The campaign highlights women empowering women, the importance of sustainability, and the power of good design. Eileen started in 1984 with the idea that simple clothes can make life easier. And after spending a day on set wearing a super comfortable ultra chic jumpsuit, I think she's really on to something. As a company, Eileen Fisher believes doing well by doing good, and that's reflected in the way their clothes are made. Timeless styles and quality materials that are responsibly sourced for less impact on the environment and a more positive impact on the world. It was a real honor to be featured in this campaign and meet the other women making a difference in their community. I've been a longtime Eileen Fisher fan, so this was a dream come true for me. You can visit EileenFisher.com and use the offer code GIRLFRIEND to receive $25 off of your $100 purchase. That's EileenFisher.com. Offer code GIRLFRIEND for $25 off. Okay, next category, the self-declared saints. I actually, like, talk about, like, scam category I don't like. So this is the category for, like, Pope Francis, all popes, really. (laughs) Justin Trudeau, all Justin Trudeau. All Justins, really. Every Justin. (laughs) Justin Thoreau, Justin Trudeau. (laughs) John McCain. Like... Everybody who falls in the, like, elder statesman did one good thing one time, can't really impeach them anymore vibe. Like, this is those people. Yeah, and again, I think we have kind of gone gone in on each of these men at length, like in other episodes. But, like, to summarize, I think that what makes me so frustrated is you can signal publicly that you, like, don't hate women and gay people, for example, and then get away with, like, completely get away with perpetrating a bunch of other shit or, like, not changing fundamentally bad policies. And I think about, like, you know, especially when Pope Francis was first, like, smoke-signaled into office or whatever, like... um, (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) They, by, like, the Council of Cardinals who had, like, a long history of covering up, like, a sex abuse scandal... Yeah, like, Pope Francis hasn't even done anything Exactly. About like, Ugh. he didn't, and there have been, like, since, you know, that first year, some, like, low-key overtures, but he hasn't, like, done the kind of, like, huge institutional reform required to, like, really clean house after a scandal of that magnitude. What he has done is said some, like, nice things about women and LGBTQ people. But I'm like, okay, that's cool. But also, like, you are in charge. You are presiding over some, like, deeply flawed systems. And, like, I know that your words are important. And it's cool that you are, like, making people who this church has traditionally rejected feel less marginalized. But also, like, deal with it on a policy level. Like, everything. Like, I don't know. I'm just like, dude, does not get a pass for some nice words. And that is sort of, like, my general feeling about Trudeau and McCain and politicians who ride like one nice vibe all the way to the sainthood. (laughs) Yeah, you know, the thing about it that frustrates me, though, about this is that like we, like society, we is so complicit in making these self-declared saints, right? Because virtue signaling works so well. It's just like, oh, Justin Trudeau, like 
he is handsome. He is somewhat progressive. He's Canadian. Like all of those things. And to be clear, like the Trudeau government is doing like really great stuff. But also like there's a lot of stuff that he's like terrible about, you know, like the environment and like native people's rights in Canada and and all of this stuff. And that gets like very quickly swept under the rug. It drives me up the wall, like how easy it is to just be like, especially in the arena of like politics or policy, there are only good people and bad people. And we are very uncomfortable with like, eh, like some bad people do good things and some good people do bad things. And that's the human experience, right. you know? And instead we like, we always rush to like make heroes out of people that I'm like, eh, I'm like John McCain, like for sure, honorably served his country, you know, like, in going to war if war is your thing but also i'm like you know like here is a person that every single time has shown like no spine when it comes to like not doing politics as usual with gop and so that like that's hard for me you know i'm just like wow like why can't we just be like john mccain is the person who has done good things and john mccain also does bad things like all of the time in fact right so yeah, so the heart the heart of the self-declared saint scam is that we they're not only self-declared, like we are all quick to also declare them saintly like in response cuz we're all looking for heroes. So like that is the real scam. And also a lot of times these people are like dudes. They're like self-declared like lady saints, but they tend to go down like way faster. Yeah, and like see our earlier episode about um Eric Schneiderman, for example. Yeah. Okay, the tagline for the self-declared saints, I don't openly hate women or gay people. <laughs> wow, great tagline. <laughs> Hallmarks, excellent press for less than excellent results. That is so true. Not being as bad as the other powerful men in the room. Natural habitats, a global summit of some kind. <laughs> Ugh, so depressing. Uh. Oh my God, this category is one that is near and dear to my heart. This is the air quotes, uh, wellness icons. <laughs> <laughs> so in this category, you have your Gwyneth Paltrow's, your Amanda Chantal Bacon's, who like, if you don't know who that woman is, I feel sorry for you. She basically built an empire out of like vegan powders <laughs> with very dubious health benefits. Now this woman, uh, Amanda Rogove, is that how you say her name? I don't know how you pronounce her new name. I think she did one of those things where she like got a new name privately, but like kept her Chantel Bacon yeah, you professionally. Know, I know. Here's the deal about like when people change their names, 95% of the time it involves a scam. <laughs> and that includes people who change their name for marriage reasons. <laughs> <laughs> the other scam is that she got married to a guy who plays ukulele with Devendra Banhart. <laughs> That's the other. <laughs> like I love that like little who tidbit that's perfect when scammers get scammed <laughs> i know alex jones um of conspiracy theory fame alex jones 100 fits into this category because for all of his like talk about chemtrails and his you know his barack obama kenyan or whatever the thing that pays for his entire empire is like powders and shakes yeah, InfoWars, like his website, has a life health store featuring, quote, revolutionary natural products, which we will link to this amazing Quartz article from last year about how the Goop store and Alex Jones's InfoWars store basically sell the same shit. <laughs> Different branding, same shit. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I feel like the, the wellness scammer is like targeting people who either have enough money where they're like, I literally have all of the physical items I could ever want. And now I have to pour money into non FDA approved things that are going to like make me live longer slash better or people who don't have that much money and want to live like the rich. Like those are kind of like the targets of this scam. Yeah. I think the thing about this scam too, though, is that like, it's very aspirational. So it seems like a little more accessible, right? Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop on its face you know, for as much as, like, I like to make fun of it, I have been known to buy things from the Goop store. Not vitamins or, like, that stuff. But I'm like, oh, I like this aesthetic and this lifestyle, even though I deride it, right? The reason that this kind of scam really annoys me is because, at its heart, it's, like, very anti-science. The glamorous part of the scam is, like, Gwyneth Paltrow, like, you know, or going to, like, Amanda Chantal Bacon's, like, moon juice stores or whatever. But 
the overlap between these people and like vaccine deniers is like very seriously like large. You know, I'm like, this is exactly how you start descending into like science is wrong and I know what I'm doing and blah, 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 blah. So this scam like really, really, really irritates me because if it has like a patina that like we're okay with, then we fuck with it. And when it doesn't, we're like, ugh, like who would buy anything from Alex Jones? But really it's the same thing that Gwyneth is selling. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, the scam is if you profess to have like health and wellness be a core value and you are not like spending an equal amount of time working tirelessly for things like broad access to healthcare, for example. And you're, you're, you know, if, if you interpret that like commitment to wellness as like your gym membership and some like space powder or whatever, as opposed to, <laughs> as opposed to like, like being cognizant on a policy level of like how unattainable wellness is at a, on a really basic level in this country. Like I have no time for you. If you spend equal amounts of time on both of those things, I'm like, cool story, like whatever. But if you are not using your platform to kind of like talk about wellness in this like systemic bigger way, I'm like, mm, that's the scam. You know who else totally fits in this category? Who? All of the Oprah doctors, Dr. Phil, Dr. Oz, like big, big, big scammers. Mm, yes. Wow. Oprah has made a lot of scammers. That's a that's a podcast for a different day. But I'm just like, I don't like that well, at all. Very related to what we were saying before about how like all your all your faves have done shameful things. <laughs> yeah. Yep. The tagline for the uh, the air quote wellness icons. These herbs and crystals will push us forward as humans. <laughs> Slash use code GOOP for 10% off. <laughs> um, Hallmarks, white linen wardrobe, refer to self as mama, lack of FDA approval, and you're so brutal. Their natural habitat is the wellness space, a.k.a. Malibu. <laughs> Lol. Uh. Ooh, okay, next category. This is a real classic scammer category, which is pyramid schemers. I love a good pyramid uh, scheme. It is really, I mean, also because there are so many moving parts to a pyramid scheme. So you've got like, <laughs> so you've got some classic Ponzi schemer like Bernie Madoff and then also the vegan Bernie Madoff who uh, we will link to our previous episode about her. But I think that, like, one way that this manifests in a more nefarious interpersonal way is, like, multi-level marketing scams, i.e. that one message you got from a person from high school you haven't spoken to in decades. Well, yeah, the message always starts, like, here's how you know that you're, you're somebody that you know from high school is scamming you, is if the first two words out of their mouth are, hey, hon... <laughs> Like, <laughs> it's like a classic. Maybe, maybe this is they're about to sell you <laughs> to your t Texas collegiate experience. I'm like, I don't know that I've been hey hunned, but maybe this is. Oh regional. my god, <laughs> you like huns? Like the minute somebody hey huns you, they are trying to sell you a weird lipstick, a weird legging, something called beach body, like always, or essential oils. Yeah. I mean, and the thing about the pyramid schemers is like those people who are sending you the Facebook messages are also getting got like by someone who is at the top of the scheme. And I think like that's true. Yeah, that is where I'm like, it is it is hard because like this is a category where many scammers are scamming themselves, but it is very literal in the pyramid scheme category of scammers where it's like you are both trying to get me involved in this thing where like the possibilities for true financial payout are very low but also you during this you're doing this because you fronted a lot of your own money on this product in order to like buy into this scheme and like you know it is not it, it is it is true that you were both like victim and perpetrator of said scheme i know related pyramid schemes academia and religion um, oh my God, complete <laughs> grad school, grad school. Oh my God. 100%. But you know the thing about like the pyramid schemers in general. So you're Bernie Madoffs, you're even like the girls from high school that are trying to sell you MLMs. The reason that like, I think that like they're the exact same kind of evil and everybody in this category deserves each other, including the people who get got, is because the root of the scam is greed. It is like 100% greed. People refuse to call it for what it is. So it's like when I think about Bernie Madoff, first of all, Bernie Madoff was not, he wasn't a hedge fund. But whenever like you hear about it in the news, they're always like, it's a hedge fund. And I'm like, no, he's literally like a bad financial advisor. Mm -hmm. That's different. 
think about it, right? It's like the entire economy is tanking. And here's this man going like, oh, I'm going to double your money in times of like bad economy. You have to be like a bad person fundamentally to like believe that that is true. Like that can happen for you. With the MLM people, it's really terrible because you're asking people who like don't know how to sell shit to like overnight become salespeople, you know? And the reason that I guess it's a little sadder for the people in the downline is that the only thing they have to leverage are their personal relationships, which the less like socioeconomic status you have, actually, the more important those are like outsizely because it's truly like all you have. It's like you don't have a skill. And then somebody says like, open a credit card for $15,000, buy all these leggings. And I'm like, "Mm, like this, this does not seem like it is going to work. Like it is, it is true that if it is too good to be true, it's like a scam, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it is hard for me to not have at least some kind of compassion for the kind of like MLM participant, especially in this country where there is like, you know, it is, it is super expensive. Like, you know, we require everyone to pay for childcare out of pocket. It's super expensive. There's like not a lot of support for going back and getting a degree, especially like if you've been, if you're like many years out of high school. It's not like it's really the kind of thing that seems easy so much as like seems like one of the only things that's doable if you like say have a couple of kids and need flex employment that you can do from home. It's like very much sold as like, start your own business. It's not sold as like get rich quick. And I think like, I don't disagree with you about like what's actually being sold, but I do think that like it requires a certain level of like financial savvy and like maybe recognition of the corner that people are forced into employment wise. Like definitely not everyone who participates, but like I definitely see why this is flourishing in like this no social safety net like moment of economic crisis. I know, but I guess the reason that I am, like, a little more, like, sanguine about it is because I, this is, like, a thing where you have to recruit other people, right? Like, where I'm, like, wow, you are, like, not super clear on what the thing is because they can never fully explain it to you. And then they're trying to rope other people into it. I was, like, that is, like, that is some degree of evil. It's not cool. I feel more tenderly about, like, the scammers who operate solo, you know? Like, the the royalty people in the sense where I'm like, okay, the only person you're playing is yourself here, and then you will, like, individually steal from people. But if your grift is literally based on, like, recruiting many people, I'm like, these are the mechanics of a cult, and I am not comfortable with that. It just, like, fundamentally, like, makes me sick that, like, the lowest level part of the scam is, like, roping other people in with you. Yeah. I mean, I'm not defending the overall thing. I guess I'm just trying to say that, like, I do have an empathy, some empathy for, like, a certain type of person who finds themselves ensnared by this. I'm closing out the pyramid schemers. The tagline is, you'll want to get in on the ground floor of this incredible business opportunity. (laughs) The hallmarks are ability to convince people they have a really hot opportunity to make some money when in fact they are the only ones cashing in. Hey, hon. hon. Natural (laughs) Habitat is both Wall Street and Facebook inboxes. And that's it for the pyramid schemers. All right, last category is... The Silicon Valley tech scammer. Which, let's be real, everything in Silicon Valley is a scam. (laughs) 1,000%. Like, name the company, we'll tell you the scam behind it. But there is a particular kind of, like, startup scam where, uh, because the culture is so secretive, it's like, you can't... Most people who are, like, working in startups are always, like, I'm doing... We're in stealth mode. Like, the fact that, like, stealth mode is, like, (laughs) words that you hear all the time in San Francisco tells you everything you need to know. People are working on, you know, building the future and whatever. So there is this just, like, element of secrecy and this element of, you know, like, science that we don't really understand that is primal space for some of these grifters to thrive. And Elizabeth Holmes of uh, Theranos, even the name sounds like a scam, comes to mind in this category. Yeah, I mean, okay. So I read Bad Blood, which is the Wall Street Journal reporter John Carreyrou's book about like how the whole Elizabeth Holmes Theranos scandal went down. The summary is, if you are not familiar with her, is that she kind of had this, like, narrative that is very, like, classic, I'm air-quoting, like, 
like fabled tech founder, which is to say she like dropped out of Stanford. She right away wrote a patent for like a quote world changing idea. She got a bunch of like very like old wealthy men on board with her idea. The problem was her idea was like about blood testing and it didn't work. Um, And therefore, like truly did not work from the beginning. From day one. This book is like, if I had any doubts about like whether she just kind of like was hopeful that the science would catch up with her talking points and like it wasn't quite there yet versus like whether she was like actively endangering people while also scamming them. Like the the book put all of that to rest. I'm like definitely 100% evil scammer who from day one knew that she could not test blood from like one drop from your finger and determine whether you were sick. It is a bonker story. And also like, you know, fascinating because Elizabeth Holmes adopted all these trappings, like I said, of like kind of famous venerated Silicon Valley men. Like she wore the Steve Jobs turtleneck. Respect to anyone in a turtleneck generally, but like don't weaponize it. Don't weaponize this like perfect clothing item. Um, You know, and like, and like just in terms of like who she cozied up to and how she used secrecy and like the aforementioned stealth mode to protect her lies. It was like, wow, wow, wow. You don't hear too much about, like, high-tech lady scammers. So just for that alone, I'm like, I tip my hat to you, m'lady. (laughs) (laughs) This is, like, actually wild to me. It's wild to me. And in my head, she's in the same bucket as um, Anna Delvey, Delvey, Baroness Von Scamberg, in the sense that they're just, like, these very mousy, ordinary white ladies who just, like, get away with everything because, like, whiteness is a scam. Yes. Like, being a white woman is, like, is so easy to, like, to just, like, scam people out of everything. It's like I think about both of them. They're in the same bucket in my head because the one thing that should have been a tip-off that they're both, like, scammers is that their hair is atrocious. Oh, my God. I can't with you. (laughs) And it's so true. It's so true. It's like you're trying to, like... Here's Elizabeth Holmes, like, you know, at the height of her grift, she was worth, like, almost $5 billion. Anna, whatever, who is, like, worth all of the gold in Germany. And I was like, all of this money and your highlights, like, can't, like, stay highlighted? Like, what's going on here? It's not, like, an appearance critique as much as it is, like, real rich people do, like, real rich people shit, which is, like, dye their hair blonde every two weeks. Anytime I see a New York City blonde, I'm like, that lady has a lot of money. Like, that's real. It's, like, the stringy hair, the, like, I'm not trying so hard, the, you know, like, just that whole veneer of, like, I'm just, like, very authentically myself when the whole thing is, in fact, just, like, for one was, like, a black turtleneck and the other one was a supreme hoodie. I was like, wow. Do you know how, like, gorgeous and, like, entrepreneurial you have to be to be, like, a black lady scammer? My goodness. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about, as well, the way that gender played into the kind of before and after she she got caught. You know, before, she definitely benefited from being on lists of, like, you know, powerful women in Silicon Valley. Like, there is, like, this sense of, like, you know, when there are not that many people, it's like the world is looking for an example to hold up, right? And, like, that made her scam easier to perpetrate. Like, essentially, endemic sexism in Silicon Valley made it easier for her to perpetrate her scam. Wow, a scam begat another scam. (laughs) Listen, and completely. And then after it became clear that, like, this was sticking and it wasn't, like, something she was going to be able to make go away, one of the first things she said was, like, it's sexist. They just want to take down a woman founder, And it's like, you know, you can't play that. Like, if you have not actively been spending your time on, like, cultivating other women in this industry, or, like, if you have not been basically practicing any kind of feminism, it's, like, really hard for me to be like, don't bring your gender analysis to the fore now. You know what I mean? Like, like now that you're in trouble. Wow, I want that. I want that on a, I want that on a tote bag. (laughs) And she had all these, like, old, retired military men. Her board was, like, Henry Kissinger and, like, General Mattis, General Mattis. Who is now in who is now in government and nobody like has asked him about that. I was like, you were like complicit in this scam and now we're letting you like run our military. Yeah. Like what? Secretary of Defense who like ordered a bunch of her like faulty machines and like didn't really want to check up on the science. And so I'm just like, there's a lot going on there that like the book, the book is not a book of analysis. It's basically like a TikTok of like what some whistleblowers said went on behind the scenes, which is fascinating. But like, 
I do think that there is, there's a lot going on with her story that has to do with like race and gender and the dynamics of an industry where there's a ton of money sloshing around and there's like not a lot of inclusivity or diversity. And also like talk about a real evil scam. It's like, don't take these machines to the military or like give people bad blood results. You know, like I'm like, people will, people will die and people have died. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's like, you know, it's not just like, oh, ha ha, like these old, like rich Republican men lost out on their investment. It's like Rupert Murdoch lost like $100 million or something like that, like, which is like and it, pocket but it, change. Which was a write Exactly, pocket you know change I mean? for him. It, like, well, normally <laughs> I would say like, LOL, like who cares? But if were it not for the fact that like these testing machines were like in Walgreens stores and like people actually got their blood tested with them and then like had negative things happen in their life because of like wrong results. Totally. And also like, you know, if to like go back to like playing the woman card, um, not that this should be exclusively her fault, but like she will make it harder for other women to like raise money for this kind of a hard science thing. Yeah. You know, that's not a thing that is like genuinely her fault. You know, in a perfect world, it's like, oh, we like women should be able to scam as much as men do and nobody can call them out for it. But it's like, sorry, like this is the world that we live in. And she already did that turtleneck thing. Like the next like lady in a turtleneck is never going to come. Like, and what done. happens if your soul is a turtleneck, right? Like what, what happens when I want to, what happens when I want to, <laughs> you're like with the Diane Keaton <laughs> Silicon Valley. <laughs> right. Like what happens, what happens when I like want to get like billions of dollars in investment? And I'm like, no, you guys, I really just wear turtlenecks year round. Like this is just who I am. I'm not trying to like be the younger female Steve Jobs. And <laughs> are you wearing are you wearing a turtleneck right now? Listen, I'm not currently because I am <laughs> I am legit still in my pajamas even though it's well into the afternoon hours. However, I do have several like crop sleeveless turtlenecks that I wear all summer long. Oh my gosh, you're like spiritually I am wearing a turtleneck. Spiritually I'm always okay. in a turtleneck. Okay. <laughs> the tagline for the Silicon Valley tech scammer is sign this NDA. <laughs> <laughs> too real. I can't even laugh. That one's too real. Their hallmarks are black T-necks, fetish for military experience, overblown sense of own potential, <laughs> natural habitat, boardroom where she is the only woman. Um, this is so real. Okay, I'm going to go lay down because this was a lot of information. All right, see you on the internet. See you on the internet. Bye, boo. You can find us many places on the internet on our website, callyourgirlfriend.com. You can download it anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast or on Apple Podcasts, where we'd love it if you left us a review. You can email us at callyrgf at gmail.com or on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at callyrgf. You can subscribe to our monthly newsletter, The Bleed, on the Call Your Girlfriend website. Uh, you can even leave us a short and sweet voicemail at 714-681-2943. That's 714-681-CYGF. Our theme song is by Robin. All original music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker-Riggs. Our logos are by Kanisha Seed. And this podcast is produced by Gina Delbach. <laughs>